Good evening, brothers and sisters. How are you today? Good. Good? Okay. So, uh, now that I have so many weekly classes, my week passed very quickly. Sunday is Tuesday again. Yeah. Week by week, week by week. We are ready. Today is the 20th, right? 20th or 21st? 20th, huh? Yeah. So, very quickly, we have, uh, I think, reached about slightly more than a quarter. Yeah, come to a third. Yeah, we are now at page 122. Yeah, page 122. Yeah, close to a third. So we are at the chapter, the happiness visible in this present life. Yeah, so uh, previously we have covered a few sutras from the Anguttara Nikaya. We have also covered the sutra Sigulavada Sutta from the Diga Nikaya. Mm. So in the in last week uh, we went through the text. Uh, pertaining to how a couple can be reunited in the future life and also be together in this life. Yeah. So the four qualities are Xing Jie Shi Hui or Xing Jie Shi Hui. So the first one is faith, second is moral discipline, the third is generosity or giving. And the fourth is discernment or wisdom. So if you consider these four qualities, uh, when you think about it, it actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah? Starting from the first quality, uh, to have the same faith or conviction, uh, that is actually rather crucial. So when I... Um, when I heard of this sutta, when I read this, then I realized that, hey, uh, the Buddha did make a statement about uh, interfaith marriage. Huh? <laughs> because by what is being said here, if two person is of different faiths and they get married, it may not be easy to be together. And if you think about it, yeah, in real life, we do see such things happening. Now, if you will go to interfaith uh, dialogues, then almost everybody will say that, oh, yeah, it's okay. You know, uh, we can still be harmonious together and so on. But um, on the ground, we can... Uh, almost everybody would have heard of one or two cases where uh, the Buddhist uh, boy or girl they are married to the Christian girl or boy. Yeah? And then inevitably, maybe initially say can, everything can. Then after one or two years, give birth to a child, everything cannot. Yeah. So, um, last time I used to feel very strongly and think that, wow, how can Christians do this? But today I feel that we have ourselves to blame. Because we don't put our, our foot down. We, are, we have ourselves to blame to, to be so easygoing because we try too hard to please people. We try too hard to be politically correct or, or 
you know, 掉伤感感情啊,啊 ，not to spoil the relation. Yeah, recently I I told some uh some families. If you if you allow your children to uh to adopt Christianity, uh it's fine, but you must remind your child. Just as I now give you the privilege, it's a privilege, mind you, yeah, the privilege to choose freely your religion, respect my freedom to choose as I please. Just as I do not impose my religion onto you as my as your father or, or mother, yeah. Uh, likewise, you should not try to convert me in future. Yeah. To me, this is the the least amount of mutual respect a person should have for one's parents. Yeah. Yes. If they don't have religion, then encourage them to just have a religion. I rather that they are they have no religion than adopt the wrong religion, or, or rather, what do I mean by wrong religion? I rather that they have no religion, than adopt a religion that, uh, would brainwash them, or convince them that their mission in life is to convert the rest of the world. I know of many atheists, who has no issue with, um, Buddhists. And for that matter, if you look at the arguments made by atheists, I, I actually quite like whatever they say. And to me, the criticism they make of Christianity uh, should, should be a wake-up call for us as well. should be a reminder to us, to, to challenge us and to get us to question our basis for belief in Buddhism or our understanding in the teachings itself. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? You, in your opinion, better to at least have some religion. Do you think so? I mean, I should. Children, mother or father? Yes, I. Yes. Don't have the up. don't have the energy to argue. So this is what we call death deep uh, bit side conversion. Yeah. Or that bit conversion rather. Yeah. That is um, to me, very unethical. Yeah, yeah. Um, and many times they will say, "Oh, but they 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 did it on their own uh, conviction." It's like, yeah, you go there every day and hound them for a few hours and tra- and tell them that if you don't accept, you're gonna go to hell. <laughs> I mean, uh, they are already in hell, you know. <laughs> Uh, but what, what does the rest thing? I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't have said what I said first. Huh? Yeah.
So this is Maybe there should be a. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe there should be like you know that there's this um, advanced medical directive, where you, <clears throat> you can specify, uh, whether you want to be resuscitated or not in the event of incapacitation, yeah. If you go into a coma, do you want to be revived, yeah? Uh, because by the time you're in coma, you can't decide. So that should maybe be an advanced religious directive, yeah, where you you decide beforehand, I don't want to be converted against my will, yeah. Uh, the the where if a, if the patient or the holder of this pass uh, is no longer able to have a congruent conversation, yeah, then nobody can convert such a person. And if any conversion should be made, then it must be videotaped and shown beyond uh, any shred of doubt that the person is lucid and clear of decision. Yeah. Hmm. Good idea. I should go and do this. But, but if let's say, let's uh, say if I'm dying and someone tried to comfort me, uh, and at the point of time, let's say my children tried to comfort me, but I'm not inside me, then okay, maybe I'm going, but inside me, I don't have deep feeling, but it doesn't really mean anything if let's say the person in which case, then why why allow yourself to be converted? Okay, let's say at the point of time, my mind is not clear. I say at the point of time, so so there are two points here. Yeah. One is, uh, one is the argument where some Buddhists actually put this put forth this argument. just to, to please them, uh, to have some peace or never convert Anyway, go according to our karma. But in which case, then if you really want to please them, I should go and disrobe and become a pastor. Anyway, inside is more important, ma. right? Can we say that? We can't say that. Anyway, the Buddha wouldn't mind if we destroy all the Buddha statue, right? Let's just replace all the temples with churches. Wouldn't mind, right? Because the truth is the truth. When a church... Uh, the, the pain start to fade that's also impermanence uh, impermanence is everywhere yeah? even regardless of the religion it's actually everywhere right but can we do that? Yeah, if we do that then effectively we are we are betting betting on uh, the ability of people to maintain that faith or that understanding internally with all the religious artifacts, the temples, the presence of the Sangha, Buddhist texts, how many people, uh, number one, adopt Buddhism? Number two, how many people who <laughs> adopt Buddhism actually understand it when it's openly, outrightly explained? So few. Now, if we, if we say, nah, let's just, it's okay, anyway, for me, internally, it's okay. 
what will happen is then even those who who because of the external facade happen to adopt Buddhism will not adopt Buddhism. Then much less those who need that to learn Buddhism, they will not learn. Yeah, so I firmly disagree with uh, not so much your point, but the idea that uh, because we will go according to our karma, so it's okay. It's not okay. If I'm a lay person and my children do that, I will call the police. I will insist that they be I will ask for a court order to bar them from visiting me because <coughs> you are you are being unfilial to me. I don't have such children. But I guess easy for me to say because I don't really have children. But I dare say that the fact that uh, the fact that I can put aside my family and just go off to US with no definite plan to come back, I can say that even if I did get married, even if I did have children, I will be able to just look at them in the eye and say, thank you for your offer. You say that one more time, I will ask for a court order. That's not a, a threat, that's a promise. Are we clear about that? Yeah. Uh, but that's just me. La. <laughs> yeah. Many times, uh, there's the larger picture to consider. Yeah, because as much as let's say, let's say, uh, let's say, somehow there's some forces from overseas come over, take over the whole of Singapore, and force everybody to become Christians. At that point, then we can use this and say that it's okay. We don't have to die for no reason. We just go to church, and while we are seeing all the mass, we we just inside namo tassa, <laughs> you know. And we happen to use Christianity as an example. It can be any other religion as well. Could be some cult for all you we can, yeah. But we we should use this clause only when we are forced in such a case where there's no other way out. Yeah, we shouldn't just for the sake of peace then give in and say ah never mind lah okay I'll convert convert because after you pass away you cannot come back and tell people that hey actually oh, inside I never convert because all all that people will remember is uh, uh, I, I need auntie uh, in the end still converted maybe maybe Christianity is true you know I think maybe Buddhism too tough la. I see auntie auntie wow, go for something called SGC for so many years then every time she says so good so good but in the end still converted <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. internally it's okay, yeah. but we have to consider yeah. unless you're being forced at gunpoint. Yeah. To me, no, no other reason because to me, like if if sometimes I I, I always feel that when most people feel pity or, or compassion towards I allow lang or then cannot convert it. To me. If I'm old and I'm in pain, why should I? Why would I want to give myself more pain, knowing that I got converted against my will? Yeah. So I I cannot think of any reason unless unless I'm in under morphine and I'm deluded already. You know, <laughs> otherwise, 
I, I, in, in the end, you know what I think? It's quite a cynical view. Huh? In the end, uh, just yesterday, someone texted me saying that her nephew uh, recently uh, like finished his study but not interested in this, not interested in that. So she was thinking, hey, actually can bring him to SGC, you know, learn a lot of good things. Then she said, but her family members are not very supportive because afraid that come if, if the son comes to the temple too often, then later become monk. <laughs> <laughs> so in the end, yeah. In the end, my cynical view is many of those old people who got converted, in the end, they are selfish. Ah, hello, Alvina, come, come. Yeah. In the end, wait, wait, let me, let me wrap up what I'm going to say. In the end, in my opinion, many of them who got converted, it is not that they were converted against their view. In fact, they really said yes to it. But it was out of selfishness. Yeah. Yeah, you can sit here, sit there, it's okay. Yeah. It was to me purely out of selfishness. Like if I if I uh, say okay and, and some of them are not converted at the death bed, you know. Some of them are in their sixties, they retire, then the child threatened hit them that if you don't follow me to the church I'll send you to the old folks home. I'll tell you this. Maybe not in the, very unlikely to be in this life, but even in subsequent life, even if I'm not a monk, if I have children who do such stupid things and threaten me, I'll say, send me now. I dare you to send me now. Send me now. I'll, you know what? I will check myself in. Oh, by the way, this house is mine. Get out. Yeah, I'll die alone. I'll die alone happily. <laughs> you see, at the end of the day, it's about selfishness. Afraid of loneliness. Why? Because they have not benefited from the Dharma itself. Yeah, but again, don't take me as an example. I'm a crazy guy who can go run away to the forest in the in US and and is ready to die alone there. <laughs> so <laughs> all bets are off. Do you have the book? Okay, you may want to sit with them. Like a case if it's converted already. Not say she like what she doing, like she converted, but she so many years in Buddhism. Yeah. So the children go and convert her last moment. She mm. converted. So she chant chant the Buddhist stuff, Buddhist stuff, and chant chant chant. The question then she go where? <laughs> <laughs> she where does she go, huh? She go according to her karma. And her aspiration, depending on which one is stronger. Either her aspiration or her karma. And that's why in Buddhism, as all being said and done, uh, we, we don't condemn any religion. We say that even non-Buddhists, when they do charity, there is positive karma as well. The trouble is, they don't just do charity. They do charity with hidden agenda to convert people. Now, if they convert people to have right view, that's one thing. If they convert people to follow their view, which until today is not proven. Yeah. And to me, I, I, I can't subscribe to that. Lah. Yeah. So, uh, as far as the teaching is concerned, anyone uh, 
regardless of the belief. Yeah? Unless it's a belief in a wrong view and they hold on to it beyond just a belief, until it's so strong as a view, then it can bring them to the lower realms also. Most simple thing that, you know, sorry, I'll sidetrack, <laughs> sidetrack quite a bit. Uh. Some people feel that uh, if I believe in Christianity and or rather, if I believe in Buddhism and Christianity happen to be correct, then, wow, jalat leh, punishment in hell leh. But if I believe in Christianity and Buddhism turn out to be right, Buddha won't punish me. Right? So, uh, I think I mentioned it before. Uh, what is that? Uh? Um, uh, Pascal's Wager. Yeah, you all write down. Pascal's Wager. P-A-S-C-A-L Wager Pascal's Wager W-A-G-E-R Yeah W-A-G-E-R Yeah So This is a, a I think a French Mathematician philosopher So he come out with this uh, Probability table To suggest that uh, It works out better If you believe in God Yeah but in modern times, it has been refuted. Why? Because in his table, he only considered God, believe in God or don't believe in God. But you think about it, in Singapore, there are 10 recognized religions. No? So if you believe in one of them, you have a 90% chance of getting it wrong, actually. <laughs> yeah, so the whole equation is totally thrown up. Yeah, it's totally thrown up. Oh. No, my, my brother was... Uh, <clears throat> supposed to be a recap then in the end I think we take up half the lesson so you can see why faith is so important to be the same uh, but it is uh, I must highlight something it is true only if you take your faith seriously so like for people like me even I mean for lay people who have the kind of same kind of uh, conviction in their own faith how I am. Even though in the past, when I was a lay person, I dated Christians before. I was very clear. You don't, you don't, you don't have to even think about it. Yeah, you either uh, leave me alone or you must learn Buddhism. Yeah, don't even in your dream. Even when you are dreaming or you are in coma, I never say this But now I say this. <laughs> yeah, but to them in the face, I did say. Don't even, you know, it, there's no chance. <laughs> yeah. So, faith, uh, moral discipline, and then uh, generosity and wisdom. Yeah. Uh, in all these four areas, if if we are different, in a way, you can consider this not just for couples. In fact, for friends, if your views are too different, if your faith is too different, and it causes conflict, then 
it's very hard to be together or to maintain a cordial relationship as well. If one person uh, likes to do charity and another person don't like to do charity, if one person, let's say, like to drink alcohol, the other person don't drink alcohol, there are la, a lot of wives always you know, let the husband drink until more more. But how long can you maintain that? Yeah, there'll be stress. Uh. And the same for wisdom. So today we look at seven kinds of wife. Yeah, seven kinds of wife. So page 1, 2, 2, uh, part C, seven kinds of wives. On one occasion, the Blessed One was dwelling at Savati in Jeta's Grove, Anatta Pindika's Park, uh, or here they write Monastery. So in the Buddha's time, this person, Anatta Pindika, he is a very well-known uh, lay person, not just in the Buddhist community, but uh, in the whole uh, area. Yeah. So why? Uh, in fact, his name is uh, his name means he who give to the uh, to the needy. Yeah. And why is he given this name? Because he gives so much that he is known as that. Uh, he is known as he who gives to the needy. Uh, Anatta Pindika. And uh, in this case, uh, previously I have shared with you all the story of how he donated this Anatta Pindika's part. You will notice again, uh, it almost always refer to it as Jeta's Grove Anatta Pindika's Monastery. Yeah, in some places they put Anatta Pindika's Park because it's really just a park. There's no building in the initial stage. <clears throat> yeah, Jeta's Grove is because the land, the that Prince Jeta, it belongs to Prince Jeta, and Prince Jeta, he didn't sell it. Yeah, he say I sell the tree, but he was very touched by uh, Anatta Pindika's sincerity, so he offered the land. That's why it has this, this name together. In the morning, the Blessed One dressed, took his bow and rope, and went to Anakta Pindika's house, where he sat down in a seat prepared for him. Yeah, so you can see this. This is quite a standard um, setting, where in the morning, the Buddha would, uh, would sometimes go on arms round, sometimes, in this case, uh, upon invitation, then go to a, 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 a devotee's house. In this case, Anatta Pindika's house. Yeah, the term blessed one refers to the Buddha. So, uh, he went there and he sat down in a seat prepared for him. Uh, so, you can learn something here. Yeah, when you invite Sifu or any monk over or nun over, uh, you must prepare a seat. Yeah, sometimes, when you all invite me over, you may... You may, you may wonder, how come Sifu sit keeps standing around? And then sometimes Sifu will say, where should I sit? Uh-huh. So, uh, this is something that, mm, in a way, it's a courtesy. Not to be presumptuous that, oh, I just anyhow choose one seat. Yeah, maybe you all have intention to ask me to sit in a certain place. Yeah. So, um, on that occasion, people in the house were making an uproar and a racket. Wow, so quite quite noisy, huh? The householder, Anatta Pindaka, approached the house the blessed one, paid homage to him, and sat down to one side. The blessed one then said to him, 
Why are people in your house making this uproar and racket? Householder. So the term householder uh, is what we call Jisu. Yeah. 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 So householder versus uh, uh, homeless one. Yeah. So the contrast between someone who owns a house, meaning that you have family, you have all the uh, related lay person's duty and pursuits. Yeah, uh, that a lay person, a householder, seeks to own possessions. Yeah, seeks sensual pleasure through the eyes, nose, tongue, and the body. So, as contrast to the homeless one, yeah, uh, those who do not own uh, much possession, those who do not seek to have more possession. Uh, <laughs> So maybe should include uh, monastery. Uh. <laughs> uh, even Anatta Pindaka's park, this monastery wasn't built by the Buddha. Yeah, uh, the Buddha didn't say, mm, "I am the Buddha. I should have a big monastery." Yeah. Okay. Who want to support me? <laughs> no. He just stay wherever. Then, at some point. He decided, Anatta Pindaka decided, mm, let me offer this, find a place that is suitable to offer. Yeah, so, uh, one would think they were fishermen making a haul of fish. Wow. So, you can see from here, the Buddha is not someone to mince his words. Huh? It can be quite direct when he needs to. So the reply, that venerable sir is our daughter-in-law, Sujata. She is rich and has been brought here from a rich family. She does not obey her father-in-law and mother-in-law, nor her husband. She does not even honour, respect, esteem and venerate the Blessed One. Wow. So this is the... Thousand Kuang, you know. Yeah, this is the daughter. So this is very interesting. Uh, very uh, close to our very ordinary life. Yeah, And you see the contrast? The father-in-law, Anatta Pindaka, is a well-known person in town and well-known for his kindness. Not just as a Buddhist, but as a Buddhist, a firm supporter of the Buddha. And eh, she, he has a daughter-in-law who is like that. Well. <laughs> Uh, so this is very interesting, yeah. If we think, oh, paihut, then everything okay? No, not true, <laughs> yeah, not true. So then the blessed one called the daughter-in-law Sujata, saying, "Come, Sujata." Ah, so this is another thing we can learn. See, a lot of lay people say, "Ayah, sifu, our just our this fanfu suzi or our lay people's problem. Ah, too, too complicated." Yeah, this is too, uh, how do I call it, uh, worldly. Don't want to taint your pure holy life. So, you see, uh, Anatta Pindika, actually, when the Buddha asked, he openly shared with the Buddha. Yeah. Uh, so, with your spiritual teacher, if your, you, should, you should not hide your problem. Uh. Then, the Buddha don't just say, Ayah. This kind of things, tell me for what. Okay, okay. 
keep quiet. Shh. Okay, okay, we just meditate. Uh, the Buddha don't say that. The Buddha say, come Sujata. Yeah, he want to address the issue. So this Sujata replied, yes, venerable sir. She replied, and she went to the blessed one, paid homage to him, and sat down to one side. Uh, so this is interesting because although the father-in-law says that she does not even honor, respect, esteem, and venerate the blessed one, but when the Buddha called her over, uh, she still went to the blessed one, uh, went to the Buddha, paid homage to him, and sit down on one side. Uh, so sometimes some students tell me, ah, my 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 daughter, my son, my husband, my wife, uh, that, 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 that. Then I say, then they ask me, Sifu, how ah? Can you teach me something? I can go and tell them. I say, why don't you just ask them to come and see me? <laughs> <laughs> then, then they say, no, la, Sifu, they don't want to come. I say, have you asked? No, no. Then how you know? No, la, they don't want. They don't want to come. On. <laughs> then I say, who knows? You just ask. La. And you know how many times? Uh, uh, not every time. Yeah, Sometimes they really die, die. Like what? You know, kill them. They also refuse to come. But then, majority of the times, eh, they actually acceded. And then the, the person, my stu- the student or devotee, would come and inform me and say, It's a miracle. He agreed. So, so it's, uh, it's similar to this, you know. Like, if you think, hey, the description does not even honor, respect, esteem, and venerate the blessed one. But when the Buddha called her over, she actually came over, paid homage, and sit down. Ah, so don't ask, underestimate the power of cheaper job. <laughs> the Blessed One then said to her, There are these seven kinds of wives, Sujata. Yeah, so this is where the Buddha just goes straight into it and highlight the different kinds of uh, uh, positioning, if you will. Yeah, the different kinds of wife in this world. So what seven? One like a slayer, one like a thief, one like a tyrant, one like a mother, one like a sister, one like a friend, and one like a handmaid. These are the seven kinds of wives. Now, which of these are you? So, like the previous uh, sutta that we have gone through, uh, I feel that this sujata is still quite reasonable. Yeah, because you look at her reply, I do not understand in detail the meaning of the Blessed One's brief statement. It would be good, Venerable Sir, if the Blessed One would teach me the Dharma in such a way that I might understand the meaning in detail. So the Buddha replied, Then listen, sujata, and attend carefully. I will speak. Yeah. So, uh, if it's in today's context, <laughs> sometimes they may not bother. Uh, they just, So to me, this Sujata, as much as uh, she was described the way she was described, and when the Buddha arrived initially, she was making a din, you know, kicking up a ruckus, but yet she is still reasonable. Yeah, and this is a very important quality. If a person is unreasonable, uh, all bets are off. Yeah. If a person don't, you know, when you're in, in the course of a conversation, head doesn't connect with tail, tail doesn't connect with head, 
and then when you ask A, the person become like for some reason, just like you just say what is A, then somehow it just the person just I don't know what you're talking about. Then you cannot have even a proper conversation. Yeah. So you can see in this this sutta, just like previous one, these individuals are still reasonable. Yes, Venerable Sir, Sujata replied. The Blessed One said this. With hateful mind, hateful mind, cold and heartless, lasting for others, despising her husband, who seeks to who seeks to kill the one who brought who bought her? Such a wife is called a slayer. Wow, this is quite stronger. So, if a if a wife has a hateful mind, cold and heartless, and then lasts for others, that means, uh, you know, desiring other men, yeah, and then despising her own husband. Who seeks to kill the one who bought her? Uh, this one may be contextual, yeah, yeah, maybe contextual. So even maybe in this case, maybe considering to kill the husband, yeah, such a wife is called a slayer. Next, <clears throat> when her husband acquires wealth by his craft or trade or farm work, she tries to filch a little for herself. Such a wife is called a thief. Ah, uh, so this is called si fang qian, huh? <laughs> 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 oh, All laughing. <laughs> so such a wife is called a thief. Uh, Fu grew up in a family where we are under communist rule. So everybody's money is everybody's money. So. For the longest time, I always thought that every family is the same. Father will give, pass everything to the mother, and mother will use everything available to, to run the household. Yeah, I grew up in such a household. So, um, yeah, so much so that even when we are studying and we do part time work, I will also pass all the money to my mom, and then she will give us some allowance. Yeah, so I grew up in this environment, thinking that everybody else is the same. Until later on, <laughs> the first one of the very clear recollection I had of a dysfunctional family or a family that, uh, I mean, it's a sad state, was actually a friend of mine. And she told us that, uh, and she just told us very like candidly without sadness or, or anger or anything, you know. She said she has not talked to her, her father for maybe like 18 years or something. And imagine at that point in time, we were only in our 20s, you know. Yeah, that means from a young age, uh, maybe 18 is too, too much. I can't remember the exact amount. Yeah, maybe 15 or something. Uh, but it means that for the longest time out, she has not talked to her father. And when I heard that, I was like, you mean you want to stay together? And she said, yeah, stay together. I'm like, huh? Yeah. At that moment, there was this shock and silence. It, while she was, she told us, and I was like, I don't know how to respond or act or, and I'm like, I just asked her like, but how do you not, huh? 
how like for don't know 15 years or what how do you not talk to a person who stay in the same place as you never mind that this person is your father yeah let's ignore the fact that it's the father but you have such a situation so then she told me that well because the father and the mother the father basically don't care for for them as children yeah and they have this arrangement and apparently this arrangement is quite common in some households the father will pay for anything that is outside the house the mother will pay for everything inside the house yeah then big ticket then they will discuss or something so it's run really like a corporate thing you know <laughs> yeah so of course i never got married before so who am i to tell people how to manage their finance right but this is what i've always been sharing with uh young couples before they get married i tell them uh if you you must remember why you want to marry each other uh if you want to calculate exactly how many cents you pay how many dollar he pay and to be to find some equal to be fair then don't start a family start a business together <laughs> then you can have your monthly pnl all right uh, welcome for this month's uh, com- company meeting uh, last last month we have a projection year to date this is the number yeah quarter to date <laughs> year on year <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. But having said that, I've also heard of horror cases where uh, so far is quite commonly the husband who somehow decide that the wife duty to pay for everything and you know don't have work. Then the worst one of the worst case I've I've encountered and encountered was husband like that not bad enough. Just Two son, one of the son follow the footstep. Wow! Until during the retreat, come and see me. Then I thought one to ask me, you know, dharma or meditation question. Then after sharing a bit, wow! One pound pity, one pound leg. Very sad. So before we continue, although this is talking about seven kinds of wives, yeah, and there are some contexts that is uh, dependent on the Buddha's time. such as when her husband acquires wealth in in many cases today uh, both husband and wives are working as we have gone through in the sikalopada sutta <coughs> further uh, the idea of the so so the idea of that in this case the wife is dependent on the husband and so should not be hiding money from him uh, is less valid today yeah but so in my opinion These seven can also be applied, uh, in most cases, to husband also. Yeah, uh, to husband also. So to me, uh, husband and wife should be open, uh, with each other. Yeah, I mean, think about it. I I once talked to some students, and in some talks, I told them, I say, I look at all of you, and I feel that you are really courageous. Because when you get married to another person, you think about it, lah. Every single night, you close your eyes, and you don't know what that person might suddenly just go crazy and do something to you, lah. 
So to me, if you if you cannot trust your husband or wife with money, how can you trust the person with your life? And that is why in many cases where I counsel, the moment the, the couple are not sleeping in the same room, you know something is wrong. And usually they'll say, oh, because of the children, then usually I will just let it slide and I just write down. But after one or two sessions, then usually they will open up and tell me, Sufu, do you remember I told you we, we have not we have been in separate room for ten years. Actually, it's not because of that reason. Wow, then all the tears come up, <laughs> and sometimes it's the husband. <laughs> sometimes the husband say, "I'm <laughs> Yeah, and and it, this is a very very direct thing. Cannot hide one, because to to fall asleep in front of another person, you must really trust your life with that person. So the moment there's enough conflict and friction, you cannot trust anymore. So you don't feel like sharing a room or bed. It's not about physical intimacy as well. It's about that you don't trust the person anymore. Why, why should I feel uh, be vulnerable in front of you? Yeah. Uh, not yet. Because they are still in the same household. Yeah. So if they move out yeah, and they have proof, legal proof, that they are staying in separate places for I think two or three years. Now they have adjusted higher, then they can apply for divorce. Yeah. If they just if couples they just go for divorce immediately, the court will throw it back and tell them to uh, have yeah, have separation for a period of time, like cooling down period. Yeah. Because oh no, nowadays people argue, you're not happy. Huh? I order pizza hut, cannot, then okay, we, we divorce. <laughs> You'd be surprised, huh, the kind of things that, okay, I, I mean, pizza hut, I made up one, but <laughs> you'd be surprised the kind of things that people go through, yeah, to, and then decide to divorce. So the third one, the slothful glutton, bent on idling, harsh, fierce, rough in speech, a woman who bullies her own supporter. Such a wife is called a tyrant. So glutton is someone who is very greedy for food. Yeah? A slothful glutton. Slothful means like very lazy, lethargic, like oh yeah, you ask the person to just go and you know go downstairs and buy something, the one. Uh, can you uh think down answer the dot the one? Then <laughs> bent on idling. Idling basically just just sit around, don't don't do anything. And yet at the same time, harsh, fierce, rough in speech. Yeah. So uh, in terms of contribution to the household, probably not interested. How basically. Yeah. And at the same time, wow, very rough and fierce. But again I must say, this is not uh, in this case, the Sutta's context is talking about women. Yeah? Why? Because it's daughter-in-law, Sujata. Yeah. But the same principle can and should apply to the husband also. If the husband is slothful and glutton, bent on idling, and yet harsh, fierce, rough in speech, and bully the wife, then such a person is also a tyrant. Yeah? So the next... One who is always helpful and kind, who guards her husband as a mother her son, who carefully protects the wealth he earns, 
such a wife is called a mother. Wow. So they say that uh, all men, when they, they, they ultimately marry someone, they'll marry someone who is like the mother. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how true is it, but uh, the, there are people who also say the opposite. They say that women who are maybe at home complain about father, complain, 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 but in the end marry someone who is just like the father. Yeah, so in this case, it's the good qualities, okay? Yeah, so uh, the description, one who is always helpful and kind. Huh? Mothers are really always helpful and kind. Yeah? Go to bathe, then forget the towel. Ma, toala. Okay, mother, quickly bring it over. Go to school, uh, forget to bring the homework, <laughs> forget to bring the textbook. Yeah, call call mother to bring it over. Guards who guards her husband as a mother, her son. Wow, so carefully take care of the of the husband, guard her husband, <clears throat> who carefully protects the wealth he earns. Yeah, so don't anyhow spend the money. Yeah, such a wife is called a mother. So any of you is like a mother to your husband. <laughs> she who holds her husband in high regard, as younger sister holds the elder born, who humbly sub- submits to her husband's will, such a wife is called a sister. Mm. So. Um, here perhaps I would like to highlight when we look at this line who humbly submits to her husband's will in today's context wow, uh, I think a lot of hey, today happen to be all women uh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. so just nice this uta is for you <laughs> so um, when we read this for some people, they may think, wow, what is this man, what, what, this day and age, want me to submit to husband's will. But this is describing a kind of respect and uh, <clears throat> admiration for the other person. That the other person, you know, over here it only talk about the wife. But it also means that the husband has qualities for her to hold him in high regard. You know? If imagine the brother is like here the, the, the example given is like a young sister look at the elder born. That means the elder brother. But if the elder brother, you know, uh, morning wake up, pia, then go and go and buy some food, come back, what is this? Pia, then you think the do you think the the young sister will will hold the elder brother in high regard, will submit to the uh, elder brother's view? I don't think so. Yeah. So <clears throat> in such cases, right, it actually is not just talking about how oh wife the wife must must submit, you know. It is that the husband has it has qualities that makes the wife sing fu kofu. Yeah. Sing fu kofu. Yeah, so sing fu kofu sing fu. Yeah. Whatever you say, huh? yeah. it's quite common huh? when we have an argument with someone and then you argue until you don't feel arguing already. Then the person say, so how? Can, no problem. No, seriously, tell, tell me what you... 
no comments. <laughs> well, then you know Jalat already. Uh, but you all, you, usually you all will not hear that. Like, because you all are usually the one, maybe that's the one who say that. Uh. <laughs> uh, but nowadays guys also say, uh, also like that. Uh. Yeah, so, equality, equality. So one who rejoices at her husband's sight as one friend might welcome another. Well-raised, virtuous, devoted. Such a friend, uh, such a wife is called a friend. Uh, so this is very interesting. Yeah? You, you know, in, in modern times, then you hear the description of, oh, this is my long, lifelong partner. She, he, us. Uh, yeah, yeah, soulmate. But nowadays, that one is quite old, uh, old-fashioned old already. Nowadays, they say, he, uh, let's say the wife look at the husband and or the husband look at the wife and say, she, I found in her a soulmate, a friend, a wife, a companion. So like, wow. And you're like, wow, you know, and everything, you know. Actually, the Buddha described some of this 2,500-600 years ago. Huh? So the Buddha sees things very from many angles. Yeah. So here, description of wife as a friend. Ah, interesting. But you notice that the Buddha don't say father, mother as a friend to child. <laughs> yeah? Hmm. Why did the Buddha say seven? Huh? Uh, this one, you know how? Later you go and talk to Buddha, ask the Buddha. <laughs> uh, this one I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you notice that each of these actually covers a few qualities. Yeah, not just one. So how is a person, how is a husband like a friend? How is a wife like a friend? One who rejoices at her husband's side. Ah, when we see our friend, we're happy. That's what you call a friend. You, when you see that person, you allow a fed up, a really sin. Wow. So again, can you imagine? Every day when you wake up, <laughs> still him. <laughs> Uh, better go back and sleep. <laughs> Turn around and sleep. Uh, can you imagine? It's, it's really a torture, you know. At work, you are at your cubicle. Unless your that that colleague is facing you. Even if it's your boss, at most once a day, twice a day, call you in, scold you for half an hour, you you get out. You get out. You lunch time you can go and have your lunch break. Then uh, in between, you can go and go and hide in the toilet. You can do whatever you... You know, you don't have to face the person every day. Yeah, not happy, you take leave. Otherwise, in Singapore, people play MC, you know. If you are really unhappy, resign. Yeah, but when you are in a marriage, wow, tong call. You want... <laughs> yeah, so nowadays, last time people, before they resign... Before they resign, they find a job. Nowadays, people just resign without a job. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know whether it applies to uh, marriage. Huh? <laughs> so, before before divorce, must find a partner. <laughs> no, I, that, that's another thing. Sorry. So, rejoices at her husband's side. Yeah. How lovely. Yeah? You can, can you imagine the description? Oh, husband and wife loving towards each other. Looking forward only. Yeah? After work, looking forward to meeting for dinner. Yeah? Wow. 
like four plus five, just looking forward to meeting your wife, and then start to text their wife. Huh? No more. <laughs> no. The first, the first year. Hey hey, yeah, text. Hey hey, then say, then the reply. Hey hey hey, yeah, then knocking on yet? Yeah, looking forward. Yeah, after after five years, hey, then no reply. <laughs> then after what? Hey, uh, looking forward. Uh, cannot lie. Today OT. After ten years, hey, and then. Only one tick, no, no two tick. <laughs> then after, after a while is, then I came out looking. How come, how come the the 3G is not on? How come? Avoiding me, right? Huh? What's the problem? Then text, then send SMS. SMS, you cannot avoid. Why must kick可以去阿弥陀佛的那我没有问有没有说因为还有其现在的释迦牟尼佛第四尊佛嘛还有九百九十六尊佛他们的愿嘛是怎样的好像他们有看到诸佛菩萨的愿都要呃帮忙我们度
好像有客人接线多问题哈，基本上是从各家里面给出现的，所以哈，如果可以各家庭里面哈，可以可以呼吸啊，他们真正哈，换气、休息、心脏哈，真的可以，这样来的闷热，真的在那个你的病理性哇，在降波，好像啊，就是说像师傅刚才讲的。哇，一年还有那个全世界，你那个根本不是太远哦，如果太远哦，哪里是这样的？就是因为那个只是一时的激情，对吗？如果真正，如果我们内心我们心到有一个什么真正的感觉，因为诸佛菩萨都是爱很慈悲嘛，哈，这爱长大成正念的一个慈悲的时候，就是就是一个已经变成一个了的。呃、uh, ，这个 return to 呃、uh, billing。Okay, yeah. So, uh, one who rejoices at her husband's side, as one friend might welcome another.、Mm. So, have to have that kind of uh, uh, kindness, that kind of uh, uh, loving thoughts towards one another. Well raised, virtuous, devoted.、Uh, so these are the qualities of a of a wife who is a good friend. Yeah, who is a friend. Such a wife is called a friend. Yeah. So to me, this should apply to the husband also. Yeah, that the husband both should be well raised, virtuous, and devoted to one another. So the next one without anger, afraid of punishment. Who bears with her husband free of hate? Who humbly submits to her husband's will? Such a wife is called a handmaid.、Uh, so interestingly, number four and number six.、Uh, these two actually have. <coughs> oh, sorry. This is number seven. This is number seven, and the other one is number five. Is it number five? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, so five and seven both have the line submit humbly submits to her husband's will. Yeah, so、uh, number seven, one without anger, afraid of punishment. Wow, so wow, so the husband can punish the wife, ah,、huh? how? But nowadays, wife can punish husband also.、Huh? <laughs> Who bears with her husband free of hate? Yeah. So,、uh, I must highlight something here. There are some things that we should、uh, give and take, should put up, should bear with. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, husband and wife, or even among friends, sometimes your husband or your wife is in. Okay. In this case, it's all either husband or no husband, because all of you are ladies. So、uh, sometimes it's really give and take. Sometimes wife、uh, bear with the husband. Sometimes husband bear with the wife. Yeah.、Uh, but to do it free of hatred.、Uh, don't don't say I bear what I bear what. But actually, wow, inside ah,、uh, I hate him. Ah,、uh, I bear for ten years, twenty years. <laughs> yeah. How can we bear it with something? Uh, without hatred, yeah, without hatred. But again, I must highlight, this is not a free check 
It's not a blank check for husband to abuse the wife. If any of you uh, know of anyone who is in a marriage where the spouse is abusive, please don't tell the, the, the person who is being abused it's your karma. Please don't say that. Okay? Unless you have the divine eye, you can see the karma ripening. And even then, even then, you should try to help reduce the suffering. Yeah? We shouldn't tell people, ah, it's your karma, you will go, go and bear with it. Lah. You should suffer, go and suffer. Yeah? This doesn't make sense at all in Buddhism. Why? Because if you think about it, if, if the attitude is correct, oh, you, it's your karma, ma, so you should suffer. Even if you know it's, your, it's the person's karma, you should try to help the person to be free of suffering. Otherwise, Tisang Pusa is wasting his time. Otherwise, Tisang Pusa, I always use this example, Tisang Pusa should go to hell and then go there. And be good, be good. <laughs> I'll tell you, right, last time I gave Dhamma talk, tell you, don't, don't do this stupid thing right now. You do, now you deserve it. You... <laughs> But Tisang Pusa don't do that. Right? Try to understand. Uh, if we talk about hell beings or lower realm beings, they have done horrible things, you know. They have done horrible things. Horrible enough to be reborn in hell. And yet, for such beings, the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, not just Tisang Pusa, Buddhas and Bodhisattvas still try to see whether there are opportunities or conditions to help them disconnect from that existence. We don't say, ah, you deserve it, so you just continue to suffer. Yeah, we don't say that. Yeah. So in that case, how can we say that, say that it's a person's karma to suffer when they are in a broken marriage? Now, so this is where it's a fine line sometimes. Whether uh, the conflict yeah, or the broken marriage is beyond salvage or still salvageable. Yeah? In some cases, I know of couples who just over small matters, really small matters, nothing major happening, but just nobody wants to give in. Or both parties feel self-righteous. Uh, then, many times when I counsel couples together, I tell them, I'm not here to, not just because your husband approached me, then I'm here to tell you off. Or, the wife approached me, so I'm here to tell the husband of I say, sometimes you let me just be clear, in the end, the person who look for me may actually get the most more schooling. So you all uh, be mentally prepared. <laughs> in many cases, I score both, score both persons. <laughs> yeah. Seldom do you find one person totally at fault. Yeah. So, uh, if, a per, if the husband is uh, able to carry himself to the point to, uh, to be worthy, then the, the wife would humbly submit to her husband's will as well. And such a wife is called a handmaid. The types of wives here called a slayer, a thief, and a wife like a tyrant, these kinds of wives with their bodies break up will be reborn deep in hell. Wow. Kai Wan Xiao, huh? But wives like mother, sister, friend, and the wife caught a handmaid, steady in virtue, long restrained, with the bodies break up, go to heaven. Wow. 
This Sujata are the seven kinds of wives. Now which of these are you? So Sujata's reply, Beginning today, Venerable Sir, you should consider me a wife who is like a handmaid. Wow. Just, just one Dhamma talk. Yeah. Then immediately change her, her, her mind. But one last thing I want to add about this sutta. The reason why sometimes Sifu ask uh, individuals uh, to bring their family or their friend to see me directly is because even if I were to tell you all the exact words to say, uh, you must know that most people are affected by the messenger more than the message. So even words of advice that is, you know, spot on, uh, said by Sifu, said by a stranger, said by you in relation to that person has different effect. Yeah. So that is uh, that sutta. We have seven more minutes before the end. I would like to let you all ask questions if you have. We stop at page one two four. Page one two four. Yes. I can't hear you louder. You want to ask personal questions now? Later. Okay. Any questions? trying to ask them to yeah. yeah. So so that in this life they have opportunity to maybe to become Buddhist or learn Dharma. Now they go temple but they are not learning Dharma, they just go and pray. So the question ultimately is whether they learn Dharma, isn't it? Not whether they go through the ceremony. Because even if even if they I mean for many of them they pray more than those who actually go through the ceremony. So, if if your aim is such that they actually uh, can have the opportunity to be exposed, to be in touch with the triple gem in future lives, then uh, the the thing to do is to get them to be in touch with the triple gem in this life. Yeah. Um, so for for me personally, um, the uh, something that I often tell students when they try to ask their parents to go for refuge, uh, and when they fail, I will usually tell them, 
uh, spend more time with them first. Maybe you are already spending a lot of time with your mother-in-law, mm-hmm. a mother or mother-in-law. Uh, grandma. Oh, sorry, grandma. So, uh, do you spend much time with her? Uh, so maybe you want to spend more time with her first. So, spend more time with her, um, and then you you may understand her better first. Yeah, and. Uh, then it's more likely if you ask her to go to the temple with you or you go to temple with her since she uh, she frequents the temple from what you said then go to the temple with her uh, it's an investment of time mm. uh, then over time at a, you'll find a suitable time where you can talk to her freely about Buddhism about beliefs uh, then it becomes very natural that you ask her hey you then maybe sometimes they know what is taking refuge sometimes they don't know sometimes they know wrongly they have misconception about refuge taking so spending time with them first in this case your grandma is most helpful okay because we all follow China ancestors worship in most cases yes Pulling up the chat group to see the name. Uh, so Kevin couldn't come today because uh, a close Buddhist friend just passed away. The name, the person is Yang Yan Chu, so I presume it's a lady. Yeah, has just passed away. So, and then um, a, uh, a close friend of mine. Uh, her wife's father passed away last week so I'd like to extend dedication to uh, let me see where's the name uh, so I'd like to extend dedication to Yang Yan Chu and Ng Yu Wing uh, wherever they are reborn in may they have the opportunity to come in contact with uh, the triple gem May they have the conditions to learn and practice the Buddha Dharma and attain to find it liberation in due time. Yuan Xiao San Zhang Zhu Fan Nao. Yuan Da Zhi Hui Zhen Ming Liao. Hu Yuan Zhui Zhang Xi Xiao Chu. Shi Shi Chang Xing Fu Sa Dao. Shi Shi Chang Xing Fu Sa Dao. Amitabha. Amitabha. Chi Li.